Today is November 25th, 2019, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I am Josue Pavone. Episode number 342 featuring Celtics legend Cedric Maxwell is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and enter the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. What's going on, Celtics fans? Joe Sway Pavone here, filling in for Adam Kaufman on this brand new episode of Celtics Beat. Very excited to get into this one. And we're going to call this one the Cedric Maxwell Podcast Takeover episode. Got my podcast co-host Cedric Maxwell joining us, and we have plenty to discuss. Of course, we had the Celtics five-game West Coast road trip. They went two and three. We got the Kemba Walker injury, what that means for the Celtics moving forward, what happened with Marcus Smart in Denver, and a lot more to get into. So let's waste no time and bring in our guest. Joining us now is my podcast co-host and, of course, radio announcer for your Boston Celtics, Cedric Maxwell. Max, of course, you were on the road throughout this five-game road trip. Give me some positive takeaways before we get into Kemba Walker and everything else that went down on the road. Um, actually, it was a, a pretty good trip for the Celtics. Um, you know, people would say, "Why would you say they came back with a, a, a losing record, uh, three and two out of the five games?" I think the thing you look at is how they play. Um, the three games they lost, they lost it with a total of eight points combined. Um, they played. People always say that L.A. Clippers. And they are one of the best teams right now in the league. And this is the first time you play them with Paul George and Kawhi together, and you had an opportunity to win that basketball game. You were up by 10 with about six minutes to go. Um, so there were some real positive things. Watching Jason Tatum take over that game um, in L.A., I thought that was you know a, a good positive move. Um, Marcus played well. And they did a lot of this without Gordon Hayward around. And I think that was really impressive with me, thinking about who they were at the time and collectively how they played as a unit. Yeah, I think out of the entire trip, that was the best part of it because, like you said, without Gordon Hayward, you're going up against two superstars like Kawhi Leonard and, of course, Paul George. But then also, like you said, you know, Jason Tatum, for him to come up big in that moment and and to hit that big three against Paul George. Of course, you would love to see the Celtics win in overtime, but I think there's a lot of positive takeaways when you look at just how deep and how threatening that Clippers team really is. Yeah, the Clippers are a deep team for what they're able to do. Uh, you know, the, you started off the trip, you know, you kind of squeak one out against Golden State, then you, you go into uh, Sacramento, who's playing really well now, and you lose at the buzzer with a, a a uh, shot by Marcus that just rolls off the rim. Uh, Phoenix is another team that's playing well. You're able to beat them. So, so you did some things with your team, and um, you know, and and a, and a lot of it, you did it with a. Uh, it was a great team effort, and I think that's what you're really looking at with this team. And so now you come back home and kind of start this thing over again, jump start it. You know, Brad Stevens Sunday afternoon after practice called what happened to Kemba Walker a minor miracle when you consider everything that happened, of course, and, and what we saw, the image of seeing him on that stretcher. He says that the Celtics got really lucky because uh, he was actually still is listed doubtful for this matchup uh, between the, the Celtics and the Kings. Just talk about what it was like to be around the team following what happened to Kemba Walker. And uh, did you get a chance to speak to anyone in particular, maybe a couple of players or, or coaches about what happened? Well, I actually was uh, was was talking 
players, and and I saw Kimba. I saw Kimba get on the on the plane and get on the bus, and you know he was up there with no neck brace. He looked like he was doing fine um, in Denver. Um, when we were coming back on Saturday, uh, that was a positive sign. Uh, talked to Ojale actually was the one his head hit into uh, his stomach and, and kind of compressed the neck. Uh, and he was like, he still like he looked like he was a little shaken. He felt bad, but those things happen in a game. Uh, you know, when you're out on the floor, um, I think the worst thing any player that any player could have happen to any player is that he walks into the gym and then they take you off in a cart. I think that's that's a nightmare for any player. Uh, and fortunately, in this situation, it looks like Kimball Walker is going to be fine. Um, you know, I think that, you know, he hit his neck and, uh, you know, he was down. What I did like was the fact that he, there was some hand movement almost immediately. Uh, and then they immobilized him. They did what they were supposed to do. I think the fact that he was, I think that he blacked out for about a minute. And I think that's what really had everybody really scared in the arena and a lot of the players. Yeah, Brad Stevens talked about the two conversations that he had with Kemba Walker. One was immediately after he collided into Shemi Ojale, where Stevens just knew he wasn't himself. He said he was okay, but he knew just by talking to him that Kemba Walker wasn't okay. And then the second conversation was much more encouraging. That happened after the game, but still, to see Kemba Walker uh, doubtful, listed as doubtful, and looking like he could potentially make his comeback this week, four games this week for the Celtics would be huge for this team. Yeah, uh, this team, you know, would love to get that emotional start coming back if Kimba's able to play. But I don't think that he's going to be out for no more than about two games if he plays. If he and he might even play tonight. Uh, what I understand is that he was not put in uh, concussion protocol, and they did a baseline uh, check with the doctors in Denver and did with the Celtic doctors, and then they'll come up with some kind of conclusion at the end of the day. But um, the Celtics got very, very lucky, and he's very fortunate right now uh, to have Kimball Walker maybe back and even playing tonight. You know, another incident that happened in Denver, Max, was uh, an altercation or a spat between Marcus Smart and a fan uh, that was in the crowd in Denver, of course, Marcus Smart was very upset about it because he told security about this guy who uh, apparently told him to stay on the ground and get on your knees after Marcus Smart uh, went for a loose ball. And, of course, the security officer didn't do anything about it. The fans stayed in the seat, didn't even get approached about the situation. And it was interesting what Marcus Smart had to say because after the game, he was, of course, still upset. And to put it the way he put it, it was very interesting. I'd love to hear your take on it. He said that probably if I was a superstar, they probably would have done something. And it is what it is. Like I said, we're going to end up protecting ourselves eventually. And it's not going to be pretty for a fan. And we don't want that. What's your take on that, Max? I mean, how much can these fans really get away with in the sense of, you know, having that access, being that close to the to the players? Of course, basketball is the only sport, if you really think about it, that allows fans to be this close to the players. And if security doesn't hold fans accountable at NBA games. It's only a matter of time before we see these kind of situations escalate. What's your opinion on this? What can the NBA do to make sure that something like that doesn't happen? I don't think that there's too much you can do because fans are are that close to the tape, uh, to the floor. I think one of the things you do is, I think if you look at it, that in a lot of arenas, they have a code of conduct. And if 
somebody says something, all what they tell the player to do is go to security, like Marcus did, and that fan will probably be escorted out. Um, I don't know why Denver did not do anything, um, but uh, it is it's just one of those things that you live with in the NBA and the fact that players can be that you can be so close to the players, you can literally reach out and touch them. And uh, there is no buffer zone. So there, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a no man's land. And eventually something will happen. If it's not to a fan, it's going to happen to a player. And uh, that's just the way it goes. I think it was a couple of years ago, there was a, a, a young boy that ran out on the floor and touched one of the players. That just shows you how close the fans are and how anything could happen. Um, you know, fortunately, most time they people go through a metal detector and all those things. But um, it's uh, it, it's one of those things. The NBA is probably that's their worst nightmare. Thinking about something like that happening to a player or to one of the fans. You know, before the season started, for most Celtics fans, they had this day on their calendar circled. And that was, of course, seeing Kyrie Irving back in Boston against the Celtics. That, of course, isn't going to happen. Kyrie Irving will not make the trip to Boston. He's been nursing what they're calling a shoulder, a sore shoulder injury. So he won't be making the trip. This is one week ago, or at least over a week ago, Bob Ryan on his podcast alongside Jeff Goodman on the CLNS Media Network said that he was told that Kyrie Irving wasn't going to make that trip to Boston no matter what. Are you surprised by this? Are you surprised that Kyrie Irving isn't making this trip? And and if so, what does that say about him? And potentially, when will we see Kyrie Irving back in Boston facing the Celtics? Um, I, I didn't know if he would make the not. Um, you know, um, he's a, a great player, and I think he would love the the, the competition of it. Uh, you know, I was there when he came back to Cleveland, and booze rained out on him. So uh, it, it's unfortunate. You know what is it? If it if it looks like if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Well, it, it is a duck. I, I, I just don't I just don't know in in that situation. Um, he'll be back eventually, one way or the other. And like you said, most people put this on their map and and said this is the game I want to see when Kyrie comes back. And if you're Kyrie Irving, you look at it too and say, hey, I want to come back. The crazy part about all this is that Kyrie could potentially come back and play against the Celtics in Brooklyn uh, on Friday. So, you know, just kind of buckle up. Eventually, you know, Kyrie Irving is going to play, be playing against the Green here in Boston. It just is not going to be at this time. But if Kyrie does that, Max, I mean, that's not a good look for the dude, right? You know what? It's never a good look if you think you're, you know, you're ducking in the opposition. But let's 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 just back up a minute and say that Harry is a a shoulder injury, and he's healing at home, and he can play back at home. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt here that you know it isn't the, the fact that he's afraid of Boston fans. I think that Harry Irving is a competitor. He's played in many big stages where he's been booed and. Wow, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, Max? I don't know, man. If you ask me, I think Kyrie Irving's going to 
prolong this trip as long as he can, maybe up until a first-round matchup series between the Celtics and the Nets. I mean, that would be something I would love to see. Well, you'd love it. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be just so ironic if Boston and Brooklyn played against each other in the playoffs? I'm hoping that happens, man. First-round matchup. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a hot ticket that you think about, you know, Kimba going up against Kyrie, his old teammates? I think it would be a... Uh, you know, uh, a really good series. And so, uh, you know, eventually it's going to happen. You know, I always say be careful what you ask for because Terry Irving, we know, can can be one of those, uh, he can be a flamethrower mm. and he could be a problem. So I think that you just, uh, you know, let a, let, a, let a sleeping dog lie. <laughs> and, you know, eventually, eventually it's going to happen. This edition of Celtics Beat is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football and basketball season are in full swing. Get into the action. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every win or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. And you can even bet on wild proposition bets like who will be the first head coach to get canned in the NBA. NBA, who will be the NBA MVP? I mean, these are just a couple examples of how you can win easy money. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with BetOnline.ag. Head over to the website today, or you can use the mobile device and join. Use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive that 50% welcome bonus. That's betterline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get back to this conversation with Max. You know, speaking of playoff matchups, Max, uh, the NBA is currently discussing radical changes, including a midseason tournament. They're talking about potentially the uh, top 16 playoff seeding. You know, that's something that has been uh, discussed before in the past couple of years. What do you think about that? Let's start right there. You know, the top 16 teams make the playoffs and then you would rank them that way as opposed to putting the top eight from the east and the top eight from the west. What do you think about that potentially happening and what do you think that would do for the league? I just feel like 
you have to add a couple of off days in between those you know games in a seven game series because if you're if you're traveling from Boston to LA, you know I know they don't really change much when it comes to the NBA Finals, but those couple of days or two, I think you you put those in between, and I would love to see that. And I also think, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, I would love to see the league just trim down. I don't know two teams. Two or three teams just sort of keep things more competitive because essentially, if you're one of these bottom feeders, you it's really tough for you to make the playoffs if you if you're not if it's not the the same format that it is now. Well, if you are a bottom feeder, then you know that is going to be tough on you, and then you're probably going to be one and done. But I think that the, the format to me sounds sounds really good the way you're talking. But I'm gonna throw another wrinkle in. What would happen, and you know, George, just because we're, we're going out there, what would happen if you played the, the Lakers and the Clippers back to back if you were the Celtics? How much it would be theater, be great drama, but man, how much wear and tear would it be on if you had two West Coast trips at two different times? Right. So I think that the NBA, uh, it, it sounds good, uh, theoretically. But, uh, boy, if, if some things came out and you were playing the wrong team at the wrong time, there's somebody who's going to have some, you know, who's going to pick up some miles, some hell of a jet miles. So uh, I think that you look at it also in that way for the players. What do you think about midseason tournaments? I don't like them. I don't like it either. I don't like the idea of playing a midseason tournament to do what? Right. What, what, what are you getting out of a midseason tournament? Wear and tear. That's I mean, I don't understand what the format would be if you don't have a mid-season tournament to do what? Right. Other teams aren't going to play? I just feel like it's, it would just be bragging rights, you know? And what's the point of that? Bragging rights for what? Exactly. You won in the mid-season and you get a mid-season trophy. That doesn't, it, it really doesn't even, I, I'd have to see the format or see what you're, what they're really talking about because it, if you're telling me we're just gonna play a midseason tournament for for a for what reason, I, I have no idea. Maybe to uh, you know spice things up a bit and, and get more of that competitiveness that we, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago in the podcast. Remember, you know, well, you're already playing. You know, you are, wasn't it very competitive when you played the Clippers? Wasn't it very competitive when you played when, when you're gonna play the Lakers? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a natural process for almost any team and. Not having a bunch of back-to-backs. 
Uh, the Celtics don't have too many, but the one that they have is going to be really good. The couple they have is going to be tough. They have a back-to-back against Milwaukee. So you're going to be flying through a couple of time zones to fly out to Milwaukee on a second night of a back-to-back. That's going to be tough. You know, I like Adam Silver's approach in the sense of keeping an open mind, but I don't think he needs to consider every single idea that's thrown out there, you know? Well, I think there's so many ideas. I think the one that is going to eventually, you know, they're trying to find out how to do a game or, or have a team. And the only place I can see you can have a team would be in Mexico City. I think that that population, I think, is dying for a team. Would you want to play in London? Have a team that's based in London? How would that work out so far as travel? Mexico City might be the closest thing around with a huge population, a huge following, that you could maybe have a team there. That would be interesting. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, moving forward. But I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see something like that happen and see the NBA add a team that's not necessarily in the U.S. Well, I, I think that's the one. I mean, obviously playing in Canada, uh, Mexico is, you know, next door. The travel wouldn't be as severe. You think about some of those, some of the teams, a lot of the games right now are are already, you know, dubbed in Spanish. So I think that they want to include that. And, you know, several teams have gone there and played, you know, games during the year. Played in Mexico City. The Celtics did. Uh, played Sacramento in Mexico City a couple of years ago. And it, the travel wasn't bad. So I think that that would be one of those places you'd have to look at. All right, Cedric Maxwell, I'm going to let you go. But I want to give you the floor right now. Let these people know what we're doing with the Cedric Maxwell podcast, man. Give them a little tease since we're taking over here on Celtics Beat and let them know what this what this podcast is really all about. Well, the podcast is about a bunch of fun. If you tune in, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised about, uh, you know, be it a, a casual fan or a real fan of the game is that uh, we don't just talk about basketball. I think the thing that we, we always try to focus, you know, I've told stories about myself and things that have happened and, and a lot of stuff off the court. And we've taken on social issues uh, and talked about all the things that might happen and uh, just try to uh, broaden, the, broaden our horizon, uh, give, you a, give you some of that information and some of the headlines from a basketball standpoint, from a player, but also from a person who's just been around. Uh, we've talked about racism. I talked about how I lived in the South, uh, and I grew up in a situation where there was a bunch of rules and segregation. So I look at a lot of things differently. And so we'd love to listen. If you're interested, we'd love to have you as, as a listener. Absolutely. Max, keep it at 100 on the Cedric Maxwell podcast. That's it. Keep it, as you joke, would say, a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max, I'll see you tonight, man. All right, later. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Celtic Speak. Special thanks to Kaufman for letting me fill in. And, of course, special thanks to all the listeners. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. And make sure you give us a review on iTunes. Everyone out there, have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe, and I'll see you sometime down the road.